Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. We've been all over this Pac-12 expansion talk for months and months and months. I confirmed today at johnconzano.com that George Klyovkov met with officials at San Diego State uh, right around the Holiday Bowl when Oregon was playing in the Holiday Bowl. The Pac-12 commissioner sat down with uh, executives and administrators at San Diego State for about 45 minutes. Uh, Pac-12 commissioner now apparently in Dallas uh, on the SMU campus. Probing? Just visiting? Well, let's talk a little bit about how SMU might fit into the Pac-12 conference. I wrote it today. If you're interested in the the, uh, the numbers, uh, you know, the Dallas television market, Dallas-Fort Worth, about 2.9 million television households. That is a robust market, compares very favorably to the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, and again, the Pac-12 trying to replace the Los Angeles TV market. Is San Diego State in the combination of the Aztecs and SMU the way to get there? Doesn't get you all the way back, but it gets you part of the way back. Here to talk about it, Billy Embody hosts a podcast uh, on the Pony Express podcast, also works for On3 Sports, covering SMU athletics. He's going to tell us all about SMU. Billy, thanks for making time. Anytime. How are you? Doing well, man. Uh, give us an idea, like, just the overall buzz. This has been talked about for a while, but when you, when you, you know, when fans, SMU fans hear that Klyovkov is going to be at a basketball game tonight, how, what's the reaction in your sphere? Yeah, there, there's a groundswell of, of support is, is what it is. And, you know, looking at this basketball team, I mean, first of all, they're, they're off to a brutal start in the Rob Lanier era. So games have certainly not been the place to be um, this year. I mean, years past when they were really good under Larry Brown and Tim Jankovic at times, they used to pack that place out. Not the case right now, but this is probably going to be the, you know, most well-attended home game on the, on the slate. You know, people are, buying tickets left and right. The fraternities and sororities are planning to show up. I mean, it is, you know, kind of a um, kind of surreal moment in the sense that obviously we don't know for sure if SMU is going to end up in the Pac-12 or if they're going to, you know, uh, go to a Power 5 conference at all. But the wheels seem to be turning in the right direction and people almost needed to see something like this to get that extra boost that it is a reality that they could very well end up in the comp in, you know, the PAC 12 or uh, just, you know, any power five conference that they're being considered. And especially after being snubbed by the big 12 and, you know, they certainly had their go at rebuilding over the last, you know, couple decades after the, the death penalty. And this is, this is what the casual fan kind of needed to hear. I think around Dallas and around, you know, SMU athletics is that, you know, for the hardcore fans who are on my message board or on message boards uh, for San Diego State or wherever who track it all the time, you know, this is 
not necessarily news that SMU is being considered, but for the casual fans, it's been a, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, watershed moment, I guess. Yeah, and the fact that Klyovkov is there in person is interesting because there's no other bowl game going on, and he's definitely going there to, you know, talk with SMU, which is different maybe than even the San Diego State conversation that happened in late December. He was there anyway for the Holiday Bowl. Uh, give me an idea, you know, football, men's basketball, the health overall of the athletic department as you see it. You cover it. Yeah, I think the health of the athletic department is really strong. I mean, you're looking at a, a university that has pumped hundreds and hundreds, almost, I think, $500 million over the last decade and, you know, maybe give a half into, you know, just facilities across multiple sports. Um, and they just broke ground last month on a $100 million end zone project that's going to uh, expand the stadium and, and add suites and add a brand-new football-only facility, which will also allow other sports to get into the, that old space from the football um, team and, and repurpose that into you know new um, locker rooms and weight rooms and things like that for those programs. So you look at what they do on the facilities front, and it really is second to none in terms of group of five, in my opinion. I mean, they just do everything first class. I mean, it, it's not, you know, even Houston, when they built their indoor practice facility, I mean, it's a, um, it looks like a hangar, and it's just kind of a, a metal uh, hangar uh, that has a, a field in it. SMU uses brick. It's, I mean, just got recruiting areas. It's got another weight room for the pros. They don't, um, you know, they, they don't do things that are, that are cheap in a way, and They've invested big time in facilities. And then you look at, you know, the last couple football coaches have all gone on to take, quote, unquote, better jobs and, um, you know, continue to ascend the ranks. So it's an attractive job in a huge TV market and a huge recruiting area um, for, for colleges across the country. So the health of the program now that it's been stabilized and boosters are really starting to pump money back into it has uh, really been interesting and, and you know, kind of, crazy to watch, um, you know, how they branded themselves as you know, Dallas's team as far as bringing back transfers or um, trying to keep, you know, Dallas area prospects at home. Um, they just got a four-star athlete from uh, the, the two-time defending state champions in, in Dallas, South Oak Cliff. So, you know, they've got it rolling on multiple levels. And then basketball has the facilities. They've got a recruiting base. And they finally made a change after, you know, I think seven years of mediocrity under Tim Jankovich, and you know, right now that hire of Rob Lanier is, is certainly, I would say, being questioned, but one thing I will say is, is SMU's not afraid to spend, and um, I think you know, if by year two it's not looking good, they'll go out and, and try to right that you know, wrong move, but um, the health of those programs in terms of support is, is you know, really, really high up there for, for a group of five especially. Yeah, and I've heard people say, hey, look, the stadium's – you know, not huge, but I've been there. Uh, you know, I used to cover the WAC when SMU was part of that years ago. And, you know, I, I think that stadium, that football stadium, Gerald Ford Stadium, correct me if I'm wrong, capacity in the 30,000s, 35,000, 33,000, something like that. I mean, and that's comparable maybe to Martin Stadium at Washington State or even Oregon State with their with their renovation. But I think the Dallas media market is what the Pac-12 is really after, and, and, and it's interesting what questions do you think SMU will have for the Pac-12, uh, Billy, as you look at their vantage point? Just trying to 
figure out what a potential grant of rights would look like. How long would would schools be locked in for um, just to really stabilize the move? Because I, I, I've heard this from plenty of sources for the last year or so that SMU has been in contact with the ACC. They've been in contact with the Big 12. They're continuing to stump uh, all three conferences that they would at least be potential expansion candidate for, and they don't want to get into necessarily a situation, I, I don't think at least, that ends up being like the Big East, that it falls apart right after and, and they're left you know, kind of scrambling and, and they're right back to where they started or having to you know, go back, I mean, gosh, gosh forbid, to the AAC that is being put together. Um, I would think that would be the number one question they would have is what type of stability is expected when this new media rights deal is negotiated, agreed upon. Um, and and I, it seems like that would include an, an SMU and San Diego State being a part of the league when they do negotiate that or at least locked in to move um, that way. So that's probably the biggest question is what does the stability of the conference look like? Yeah, and I think, you know, the Pac-12 as I see it now, and, and as I talk to ADs and a couple of the presidents of the conference, they feel like the 10 remaining schools are, are, are stabilized and that the expansion of the playoff did that. Five to seven years is what I hear, grant of rights, that is being discussed. I think the fact that Klyovkov has, has removed himself from the conference uh, media rights discussion today and that he's headed to SMU tells us that that media rights deal is probably winding down and now they're uh, you know I, I did talk to one TV executive today who told me that before those companies sign they're gonna wanna know you know hey, hey if you're adding someone we don't wanna do it in the mi middle of the deal and have to uh, renegotiate that they kinda wanna know what's happening with expansion at least have it on a napkin it feels like you know, SMU, San Diego State make a bunch of sense just from the media markets and the academic profile at SMU also fits the Pac-12 presidents and chancellors are not going to balk at that. Question for you, um, the, the travel part of this, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a grind for a team from Dallas to have to come to Pullman, Washington and Seattle and Eugene and Corvallis. Do you think SMU would push to have a travel partner, a Rice, a Tulane, somebody closer in the area that could help cut down on the wear and tear of the travel? I don't think they'd push for a travel partner, um, to be honest. I, I think the only one that uh, they would push for would, quite honestly, be Rice, uh, an in-state school that you know hasn't really threatened in in you know, major sports, but I know there's a mutual respect between the two schools. Uh, that would kind of be the only travel partner I could see. You know, one thing I think that this, you know, potential happening could bring is, you know, obviously a, an improved budget in terms of flying. You know, I think chartering would be very much a consistent thing rather than, you know, sometimes here or there they take, you know, commercial, um, not for the football team, of course, but um, for, for basketball and some of those other sports, uh, I think you're looking at it, the potential to do a little bit more of that chartering, which, which can, you know, take off a little bit of the, the grind associated with those long, long travel. And, you know, who knows, maybe they end up you know, getting in an extra day early and, and kind of treat it maybe like an NFL team. Maybe they do some of those things um, where they, you know, pretty much any NFL team that travels, you know, Texas, 
you know, all the way up to Chicago. If they go out to the West Coast, they get out there an extra day early. Maybe that's something they explore to kind of let let the guys get a little bit more rest or acclimated um, to to that type of travel for the football team, at least. Billy Embody is our guest. Uh, you, he uh, works for On Three Sports, covering SMU. Uh, also has a podcast on the Pony Express podcast. Um, it's exciting. Like I, I think it's exciting, and I think anytime you get change, I think people in the Pac-12 footprint are eager to see what happens here. But competitively, you know, you, you touched on basketball a little bit, football, basketball. How would SMU, in your view, compete in those two revenue-generating sports in the Pac-12? You know, I think recruiting-wise for football, is, is it's really starting to trend towards a, a program that's recruiting on a – middle of the pack power five level and if you stick that pack 12 logo on there then kind of all bets are off you know i think with the recruiting base that smu has in dallas their roster is just going to look really different i think the bottom quarter to a third of the roster is sometimes a little weak because they have to obviously take a little bit more risk i think on on kids that you know might um, not be up to you know power five level, but they they are projects or they you know have athleticism, but they're raw. This gives them that opportunity to really kind of go after a little bit more of the highly rated kids around town, more consistently at least, and say, hey, stay home. You can you know play on a major conference level. You know we have the facilities in place. Represent your city. That's kind of the, been the big concern with recruits. I mean, a lot of them you know have been players that were on campus numerous times during their recruitments and you know pretty much you know from time to time they end up going you know elsewhere um, to a power five program so um, I think the recruiting impact of this would be huge for football and they they'll be able to compete I think um, at a fairly consistent level with the pac-12 teams and, and be a middle of the pack team and potentially you know start challenging for you know divisional you know crowns and things like that um, if they can kind of upgrade the, the bottom quarter of their roster. And then basketball, basketball is kind of the same story as far as what tools and resources are in place. But this this hire right now is, is you know, Rob Lanier needs to fix a lot of things with this program, and um, there's not much life in it right now. So um, if, if that continues, they could be a doormat um, by the time they uh, get to the Pac-12 in basketball or – they could be on, uh, you know, a new hire and, and somebody that you know, could re-energize the program and, and rebuild it maybe quickly with the transfer portal. Really appreciate your time, Billy. Uh, it's exciting, I think, for SMU fans. I think Pac-12 fans are really interested to see where this goes. Uh, the Dallas market, I think, speaks for itself. Uh, you do great work, man. Uh, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Anytime. Thanks a lot for having me. You bet. There's Billy and Body on the Pony Express podcast. Also writes for On Three Sports. Uh, coming up, I'll tell you what I know on the media rights front. Um, I wrote some of it today, but it's really interesting to see this starting to take shape. I do think we're within, uh, you know, I, I, the Pac-12 tournament in men's and women's basketball is coming up uh, in early March. I think we're going to have news on the media rights front. And expansion. I think George Kuyovkov is going to have plenty to talk about. I'll tell you what I know coming up. <laughs>
We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.